Welcome back to middle school. It's a zoo out there, so just be cool. Don't speak too loud, try to fit in. But if you don't, then you can be in outfit repeater. everyone, and welcome to the Outfit Repeaters, an unofficial Lizzie McGuire recap podcast. I'm your host, Marissa Cantor, and back with me, as always, is Sam Chung. Hello, once again. It's great to be back talking about another wonderful week of Lizzie McGuire. Yeah, I really like this episode. I'm excited to talk about it. Do you like this episode more than the previous episode, which you also liked a lot? I think that this episode is just peak me relating to Lizzie and I just like I don't know I I connect with Lizzie on such a deep level in this episode interesting okay well I guess we can break that down as we go through the episode we definitely will I I also once again like the pacing you like the pacing yeah it has good pace it does and how the storylines converge I agree. This episode has good pace. This is uh, one of the rare three storyline episodes of Lizzie McGuire. We haven't seen that a whole lot. Usually they just stick to the two storylines. Yeah, we had some ABC happening. Yeah, not everything. I mean, I guess as usual, not everything made complete sense. When does it ever? But yeah, exactly. When (laughs) When is that ever the case? So I guess, you know, you can't really complain about it if it's just that's what it is. You just have to accept it and then and then go forth from there. I know we always bring up the continuity issues, but part of me and like how things in time don't make sense. But part of me is like, should we just accept that fate and just operate as if? No, <laughs> no, we need to point it out every time. Okay, I mean, that's fine. Yeah, no, it, it definitely needs to be highlighted because there's definitely some things in here that's like, that doesn't line up really. Yeah, and I think that television has gotten a lot more... Like, I don't think that these kind of inconsistencies would fly with 2020 audiences. I agree. Yeah, no, we're much smarter now. It's not about being smarter. It's just, I think that the way that we consume content has changed. And I think that there's so much content now in various different mediums. And I think we just have all, as a culture, developed a more critical eye toward television. Yeah, we're smarter now. That okay. That's not what I'm saying. That's not what you're saying. That's what I'm saying. Okay. Well, let's just get into the episode. It's not a big news week, so let's just jump in. Okay. Okay. This is episode 116, Obsession. In this episode, while Lizzie becomes obsessed with doing good deeds, Matt takes his duties as a hall monitor too seriously. And this episode aired on June 29th, 2001. I really liked how in this episode, Matt and Lizzie's stories paralleled each other's. Like usually their stories are kind of in conflict with each other, but this one, it was very much like they are in fact siblings, you know? Yeah, definitely. And even more 
uh, crazy. I agree with both of their positions. Yes. <laughs> like, normally one of them, at least, does something that I'm like, eh, that's a bit off color. But <laughs> this episode, I was behind the majority of their decisions. Yes, Team Lizzie, Team Matt. Yeah, representing for the millennials out there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the episode starts with, okay, before we even get into that episode, we have to talk about the opening shot of this episode, which is, you know, we start off with a close-up on a truly wild painted map of North America that then zooms out to Lizzie and Miranda. But this map is crazy. This is one of the weirdest maps I've ever seen in my life. You know, there's... So I'm a very big map person. When I was growing up, uh, we literally painted a bunch of maps. Not painted, but like, I guess, uh, stuck a bunch of maps onto the ceiling. It was like really cool, like the way that it looked because it was literally just like maps all over the ceiling. So I come from a background of cartology. Um, However, this is perhaps the worst cartology that I have ever seen. It's just, I can't even describe what is happening. So we're looking at kind of a rendition of North America. It's kind of like how, you know, how sometimes maps just like leave out New Zealand. That's kind of how I felt looking at this map of North America. Uh, Several, I mean, we come from Massachusetts, right? So we're conditioned to always look for Cape Cod, notoriously absent from this map. But also notoriously absent are four of the five Great Lakes. (laughs) There is just one. There's just one lake. In the middle of the in the uh, the middle of the country, Cuba is almost touching Florida. I know they're close, but I don't think they're that close. Oh, I thought that those were just like giant Florida keys. <laughs> <laughs> you thought that those were the keys? No, that's for sure Cuba, and that's the Dominican Republic. I, I get that. Um, Greenland is conspicuously absent. I don't know where it went, uh, but it's not there. It's just a... a I thought we said that Greenland is the blob, that it's kind of a contusion. I don't know. This, because now that I'm looking at it, this is probably like Nova Scotia, Newfoundland, because this is Hudson Bay, clearly. I don't know. Maybe this way up here is supposed to be Greenland? I don't know. Probably. I don't know. It's it's incredibly... It's a very inaccurate map. If someone was using this map to navigate North America, they would get very lost. (laughs) Anyways, that distracted us for the first couple minutes of this experience, so... Yeah, it took us a couple... <laughs> it took us a beat to, to fully work out what we were looking at with yes. this map. But besides the point, the, the map is just aesthetic. We are here, we well, are... Well, we're saving the planet in this episode, and so it's important to know what planet we're saving. Clearly, an alternate version of Earth. <laughs> alternate North America. <laughs> an alternate North America needs saving, unless... This is a picture of Earth, and the ocean has already started to wipe things away. <laughs> you know, that could be. Lizzie, That's why Cape Cod is gone. Yeah, Lizzie sees this map of the future, and she's like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. I need to save the planet now. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I think that might be what we're looking at here. Let's go off of that. Yeah. But, okay, so this episode all starts. It doesn't start with okay, the also, planet. Okay, also, wait, no, I'm not over the map yet. <laughs> so... For some reason, they've decided to also make this a topographical map, right? Because for some reason, the Rocky Mountains have been painted yellow. I don't really understand (laughs) why. (laughs) And also, there's sections of the Pacific Coast that have been painted a light green. It just, so many of these things, these choices don't make any sense. If you're going to paint these mountains, why wouldn't you also paint the Appalachian Mountains? I don't know what you were expecting. 
All right, I'm 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 done talking about the map now. That that's all I have to say. I promise we can move on. Okay, so we can talk about what the episode's actually about. <laughs> yeah, we can talk about what the episode is actually about now. Cool. So we start off, and we are at a food drive that Lizzie and Miranda are volunteering for at their school, at Hillridge Middle School. We get a name of the school in this episode. Big development. It doesn't really help us. It doesn't help at all. Locate the middle school. Um, And their school mascot is the Wildcats. Disney really likes Wildcats. Wildcats in the house, as they say. (laughs) You know that now, yeah. Is that correct? That is correct. I would know that even if I didn't know you. That's kind of like what was always in the promos. What team? I thought the, no, no, no. The promos are more, what team? No, because it was usually the song. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's fair. Well, Disney really loves their Wildcats. This is, you know, quite before the High School Musical era. And they're also the mascot of Lizzie's Middle School. Yeah. The more you know. Yeah. But, yeah, they're doing extra, or they're doing uh, some, vol- some volunteer work, right? Lizzie and Miranda are helping out with a food drive. And the teacher's, like, heaping praises on them. But, like, she's like, but you get this extra credit. So it's not even, like, at this point they're doing it just to be good people. It's, like, there's an incentive for them. Right. <laughs> And, yeah, she's really laying it on. She's like, someone won't go hungry because of all the food you collected. Oh, and she tells them that they have a knack for this. And this strikes a chord with Lizzie as, you know, just a 13-year-old gal who is trying to find her thing. So she really latches onto this. She's like, I totally have a knack for this. I ended world hunger in an afternoon. She's like, slow your roll, <laughs> yeah, Lizzie. Yeah, that's, that's a bit of a stretch. But she's like, okay, maybe not ended, but I made a dent. Yeah, the thing about hunger is people are going to be hungry again in like... Four hours. <laughs> four hours, yeah. So can you ever really end hunger? You know, it's a tall task for yeah. sure. But it's cool seeing, you know, Lizzie and Miranda involved with a cause, family getting involved too. Um, Lizzie's parents show up with some extra cans to donate, along with Matt, who is wearing a hall monitor safety patrol vest. And this becomes very important. So Matt's very down on this new position. He Uh, is. He knows that it's going to come with some hazing, and he's not looking forward to that. Yeah, to which Joe is like, hall monitor is a very important job. And then Sam goes, I remember when I was hall monitor. Now, does it surprise you that Sam McGuire former hall monitor, is a thing. Uh, no, that's probably where he wrote his bicentennial essay. <laughs> yeah, it tracks. I'm confused about hall monitor. Like, does it mean you skip class? When would you be the hall monitor? It's like in that space between, you know? I was confused because later on, like, the clock strikes one and Matt's, like, waiting in the hallway for people. I, just, I don't know. And also, isn't Matt in an elementary school? Yes. It's not like they're switching classes, right? In elementary school, you have, like, one class, and that's your class. Yeah, and when you go from, you know, class to elective or whatever, like, you have art one day and music the other day, your teacher will take you there, single-file line style. Maybe a double line, two-by-two, two if, you're, if you're lucky. If you're lucky, if you have a get big there, enough class. You'll get there twice as fast. <laughs> Maybe these elementary school I mean, clearly, one of them has a scooter. We'll get there. Yeah, so Matt's afraid that he'll get stuffed into a trash can. Sam says, no, you won't, but then he remembers getting stuffed into a trash can himself. Cut to theme song. Cut to theme song. (laughs) Okay, so then we have a phone call between Lizzie, Miranda, and Gordo, 
Lizzie asks Gordo why he wasn't at the food drive. He was noticeably absent. And he has a very good reason. Science Olympics. I'm confused. So Gordo's whole subplot in this episode is that he's competing in the Science Olympics against Larry Tudgman. Why are only two people competing in the Science Olympics? Because more characters, more problems. Like, (laughs) the idea of the Olympics is like the world coming together. Like, how small is this world that it only includes Larry Tudgman and David Gordon? (laughs) Ooh, full named him. David Zephyr Gordon. Ooh, (laughs) middle named him. (laughs) For me, okay, so yes, that's strange. But for me, the weirder part is that, to me, this rivalry kind of comes out of nowhere. Yeah, I agree. Because I feel like Gordo has always kind of looked down on Larry. Like, he's never needed to be better than Larry for self-validation. Yeah, until until, this episode. right now. Yeah, we never get the impression that Larry is at Gordo's level in terms of his intelligence. He gets, like, the weird outcast type. Until now, until now he's, you know, the science Olympics god. Yeah. Um, Which, like, good for him, honestly. Can I also say that... Very little about the Science Olympics actually has anything to do with science. Like, what does a slow bicycle race have to do with science? Um, wind resistance. They're in a, they're um, in I don't a know. courtyard I'm just surrounded by a school. I'm just saying things. Yeah. Yeah, they do a paper airplane toss, an egg drop, and a slow bicycle race. I understand the egg drop, although, you know, it's very rudimentary science. Paper airplane contests, like, it's not like any of these kids are, like, doing high, like, Like you know, high concept aerodynamics and physics. Yeah, they're just going to do trial and error. So I guess if you're looking at, like, scientific method, maybe it's science, but, like, isn't anything the scientific method? It's just, like, it's a very loose science Olympics. Yeah, but apparently Tudgman always wins. Yeah, and if Tudgman always wins, and there's no prize, right? There's never any mention of, like, what the prize would be. What is the big deal? Just like let Larry have it. Gordo can't do that. He's incapable of not being the knowingest know-it-all. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. So yeah, that is why Gordo will not be helping out with any of the volunteering. Yeah, and this is where Lizzie mentioned, so you won't be recycling with us. And Miranda's like, okay, I guess, like she's kind of like caught off guard by this comment because... It seems like Lizzie made this decision that they are recycling as part of their volunteer work. Recycling isn't like a huge ordeal. I don't understand why Miranda makes such a big deal about it. Everyone makes such (laughs) a big deal out of it in this episode. Like, just get a recycling bin and and throw plastics and paper products into it. It's so interesting to think about how, I guess, different the world was when we were little kids about recycling. Because to us, it's like so, of course you recycle. Yeah. Right? And, like, I grew up in a recycling household. Well, you know, it's just these <laughs> these boomers, Sam and Joe, are just very down on it. Yeah, but our parents are boomers, too. Yeah, but I feel like if, if you fast forward to today, Sam and Joe are the people trying to break out of quarantine. They're like, no one can chain me down. <laughs> <laughs> That's <laughs> probably true. <laughs> yeah, I feel like they're, they're those type of people recycling who does that no one can tell me where to put my plastics 
Yeah. There's a line, I'm jumping ahead a little bit, where Joe is like a ghost by, I don't know why she said it like that, <laughs> by the concept of like separating paper from plastic from glass. She's like, I separate laundry. You can separate multiple things. Excuse me, Joe McGuire. <laughs> Excuse me. But anyways, like I said, we're jumping ahead. We'll get there and we'll get there in this next scene because Lizzie goes downstairs. Um, we're now in the kitchen and Matt has very quickly flipped the switch on his feelings about being hall monitor. Power corrupts. Really quickly. He wants to be a mall cop when he grows up. Lofty goals. <laughs> Um, so I, I noticed something weird. Why do Lizzie and Matt sit on the same side of the dinner table? Is that weird? Yeah. There's four people. Why wouldn't everybody sit on their own side? Is it a square table? It's like a rectangular table. Well, yeah, right? it's a rectangular table, but like, I just feel like, you know, when you have a table, everybody picks like a side. No, in my family, we didn't do that. We had a, like, my dad sat on, sat on one end. My sister sat on the other end, and then my mom and I sat on the same side. But that was for TV viewing purposes. There's clearly no TV here. That's true. So, I don't know. Maybe it's for the camera. Well, obviously it's for the camera. So why are you asking this question? It just you know feels like it feels like an inaccurate representation of how four people would sit around a table. Well, it's an accurate representation of how my family sat around a table. But you just said it was for watching TV. They don't have a TV, so it thereby like maybe they do and you just can't see it in the shot you know i think we're i don't know i don't need to have this i'll need this <laughs> okay so lizzie comes down and she is late for dinner which means no dessert according to matt and he writes her up this is quickly shot down though yeah matt realizes really fast that he has no power here but he has some great lines in the process. He's like, you're a troublemaker, Lizzie. I'll be watching you. I've seen your kind all my life. To which Lizzie replies, yeah, I live here. And so then, Mar uh, so sorry, then Lizzie brings up her recycling project to her parents and her parents are initially very excited. They're like, oh, it's great that you're staying involved. And then Lizzie's like, I'm going to start at home. And then they're like, how dare. I know the, yeah. You're going to start recycling in this house. Yeah. And she's like, we need to start separating paper, plastic, and glass. We need three labeled containers and someone to drive me to the recycling center every week. And yeah, Sam and Joe like aren't very into this. Yeah. And it's like, why? But like, why? I know. It's so, they're like, that sounds like a lot of work. And I'm like, does it? It doesn't sound like a lot of work. They don't know what work is. That's true. They don't do it. <laughs> That's true. Neither of them work. That is that. The idea has been sparked within Lizzie. She's going to be a recycling gal. And now we see Lizzie and Miranda at the Digital Bean sorting through the trash, which is like interesting, right? Like you would never, or at least I would never go into a business and just start like collecting the trash. Yeah, this is not the way to recycle. No. Right? Like, you don't retroactively right. recycle. You proactively set something up so that you can recycle. Right? right? So you set up multiple bins. You don't go back and pick through old trash. Correct. To, to, to pick out the recycle. Like, if it's there, you know what? Chalk it up. It's a loss. Just, like, move on to what's about to come. Yeah, like, I think that the move here is you got to get management on board, right? Like, you got to have that conversation. 
Yeah, because picking recycling out of the trash every day is not a sustainable model of recycling. No, it's not. Like, the bulk of the recycling has to just be done in the moment. Correct. But, I mean, they're 13. They have good intentions. Doing their best. And Lizzie is very, very into this. Um, She becomes sort of a... Like, she just starts, like, spewing off facts and statistics for the rest of the episode. Yeah, she's been spending too much time with Gordo. About, I, <laughs> she's all about saving the trees. And if we keep throwing stuff away at this rate in 50 years, there will be enough trash gathered up to fill the state of Texas twice. That's a lot of trash. That's a lot of trash. So Lizzie is now all about recycling. And her first mission outside of the home is the digital bean. I didn't know saving the earth was gonna be so smelly. I know, but think how much we're helping. There's gotta be a less disgusting way we can help. What's disgusting is not recycling. I I mean, look at this. We can save a tree if we recycle this. And this, this can be used to save a plastic tree? No, to make other plastic stuff. I mean, if we keep throwing stuff away at this rate in 50 years, there'll be enough trash gathered up to fill the state of Texas twice. Where do you get this stuff? I read. And bees. Do you know how many dolphins get caught in this a year just because people don't cut them up? Are we saving dolphins too? Because I thought we were just saving the earth. Dolphins are a part of the earth. Okay, fine, whatever. Save the planet. Save the dolphins. I'm gonna go see if our food's ready. I don't know, man. I am Team Lizzie in this in this sequence. <laughs> yeah, not a great look for Miranda. She's so aggro for <laughs> no reason. Yeah, and like clearly doesn't care about dolphins, who are supposedly very smart animals. Yeah, we love dolphins. Yeah, and like Lizzie, honestly, like. Her her passion is, like, not being reciprocated by anyone. I, I really feel for her in this episode, actually. Yeah, she has no social capital, as they say. Yeah, and, like, her intentions are all spot on. Yeah, no, they're, they're good intentions, for sure. She's right. Dolphins are a part of the earth, and you should absolutely cut up your plastic rings to save the dolphins. I don't even know to what extent plastic rings are even a thing anymore. I feel good. I feel like most times now it uh, it just comes in a cardboard box. No, yeah, soda, Lacroix, Lacroix. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'm not a big soda drinker. We're saving the dolphins by not. We're saving the dolphins and our teeth and the earth. Yeah, the earth, all the things, all the things by not drinking as much soda. Yeah. So Miranda goes to get their food, and. She brings back their burgers. They're like huge burgers. They are. Did you notice that? They're like enormous. (laughs) Like the size of their face. Giant burgers. Um, And then she sets it down. Lizzie is still cutting up the plastic rings because Miranda also brings her scissors, right? Like she doesn't have scissors before. Yeah, to cut up the ring. To cut up the ring. So instead of focusing on her burger, she starts cutting up the plastic rings. And Miranda's like, aren't you going to eat that? In like one second. In like one second, girl. Like chill. The burger's still warm. Yeah. I don't know. Miranda's really testy. Yeah. Miranda's got an attitude. She does. For like no reason. For Yeah. No reason at all. Enter Parker, who you were like, who is that? Yeah. I forgot about her. We only saw her once, I believe. 
We did. She's the one who told Lizzie that it was weird that she was asking people for their clothes in picture day. That is weird. It yeah. was weird. It was weird then. It's weird now. <laughs> it continues to be weird. But Parker is a part of the scene for a very different reason. She thinks it's very admirable what Lizzie and Miranda are doing. And just like she's very much a little environmentalist herself. She thinks that like so many people don't even care about the earth and think it's an infinite resource, but it's not. I think that Lizzie should dump Miranda and team up with Parker. They're clearly a much better match for this. Kind of unclear why she doesn't, right? Yeah. Yeah, it seems like maybe Parker already has some sort of initiative going on. Yeah. But And two is better than one. Not if you're Lizzie McGuire. <laughs> she needs to do everything herself. But then Parker notices that Lizzie's eating a burger. And this is kind of where... <laughs> their opinions begin to differ. Um, so it turns out Parker is a vegetarian and she can't believe that Lizzie is just going to enjoy eating a poor dead animal. Yeah, and Lizzie's like, I never thought of it that way. Which I wonder what she thought. Like, what does she think a burger is? I mean, true, but I think that most people dissociate, right? Like, Do they? Yeah, I think so. I think you don't think about the fact that like when you're eating like, you know, a piece of chicken that was once a chicken. Oh, I, I don't do that. I mean, you are a vegetarian. You are Team Parker. I agree, yeah. <laughs> I just find it weird. Like, just the thought of, like, eating something that used to be alive is just weird. Yeah, I, I think that a lot of people don't think about it because it is weird when you think about it. Yeah, like, you murdered this thing, and now, like, you're just going to eat it. But because it doesn't, <laughs> like, look like the thing when it's being consumed... You just kind of, yeah, you just dissociate. And you, and then you have to think like, what part of it am I eating? You know? See, I never think that, but like, I'm like, I'm almost a vegetarian at this point. I'm not though. I mean, like I am by virtue of you, right? Like we don't have meat in our home because I'm not going to cook it for myself, but I would eat it like if I bought lunch or went to a restaurant. So it's been a, it's been a very long streak for me. <laughs> Yeah. I don't know. We're not here to debate the ethics of meat eating or vegetarianism, but Parker is. So Lizzie is suddenly a vegetarian. Yeah, and Miranda's going to have two burgers have two now. giant burgers. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so then this is where the episode gets kind of weird for me because this is, you know, the first real look into the Gordo versus Larry Tudgman rivalry. And you have this setup where they are in a classroom for no apparent reason. There are just the two desks that they are sitting in set up in the classroom. Yeah, it's like they're competitive studying or something. Yeah. I don't know why you would practice for something like this at school. Like, go home. Go, yeah, go home. And Gordo's so aggressive. Yeah, Gordo says he won't eat or sleep. Until he beats Larry. I own you, he says. Yeah, he's like, I'm already in your head. I own you. Like, where is this coming from? I beg to differ because it's Gordo who's so obsessed with winning. So I think that Larry owns him. Yeah. I think th this may be a defense mechanism for Gordo. Oh, totally. It absolutely is. I just like would have loved some sort of, you know, seeding in of this rivalry before 
it just fully exploded. Like, uh, it's really hard for me to accept that this is a thing because there's like no context for it. I don't know. You just have to roll with it. Then we're back at the McGuire house. Matt gave someone three citations in one day, which is a record. At, at what point does a citation become like an actionable item? Like, what does that even mean? I don't know. Like, does three citations equal a detention? Like, what is that? What's the... Because <laughs> if you just hand somebody three slips of paper, what does that even do? I don't know. I don't know the rules. Like, shouldn't you only have to give one citation, and then the next time it's like, you're going to prison? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. But, yeah, he's talking about his his great day as hall monitor as Lizzie comes downstairs with a basket full of clothes. And she says she's going to donate these clothes to the homeless shelter and starts, you know, spewing facts about homelessness. To which we start to see the obsession title of the episode start to catch one. Like first, like she's really focused on recycling. Then she's like, what about homelessness? And her parents ask, her if she's taking on too much shouldn't donating your clothes be just like a one-time thing yeah how is, <laughs> how is this taking on too much it's like you do it once and then you don't have to do it again because you already did it once right but yeah i think they were more referring to like the causes but lizzie's a passionate person to which cartoon lizzie says one of my favorite lines of the episode she says if my parents' generation wasn't so interested in bell bottoms and roller disco, we'd be in much better shape. Which, like, honestly, where is the lie? Yeah, sick burn. It's so true. Lizzie's calling out the boomers in the year 2001, and I'm here for it. She's not wrong. Um, Lizzie's also taking more canned food down to the shelter. <laughs> yes, and she takes the can that Joe is about to use as part of like her dinner making process. So here's where it begins to get a little iffy for me, right? Because she can be into all these causes, but you can't donate something of somebody else's that they bought. It would be like if I took, or if I stole something from somebody and then was like, I'm donating this. Aren't I such a good person? Right. And Lizzie's logic is that, you know, the homeless people need the food more than they do. And then... Joe is running water to wash the vegetables. She starts turning off the faucet and they get in sort of like a fight where like Joe's turning it back on, Lizzie's turning it off because water is a valuable resource. It is, yeah. It is. And Matt agrees and writes Joe up. Yep. And this is the this is Joe snaps. Snap. She's done making dinner. She's like, no clean vegetables, no dinner. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> I quit. And now Sam is going to take out the garbage. I have to say I really enjoyed the pacing of the scene and how things start to snowball. Like yeah. it really just like everything just like very seamlessly starts rolling into the next thing here. Yeah, but it turns out he hasn't separated the paper from the plastic. Yeah, and Lizzie is very upset. Yeah, and this is where we get the Joe line, I separate the laundry. Yeah, which, boomer. But Lizzie makes a really great point here because she calls out her parents for... And I feel like she's done this before, right? Like calling out her parents when they're being hypocritical because she's like, you guys said you would do this and you didn't. If I said I was going to do something and didn't do it, you would be mad at me. Hypocrisy. Right. To which Sam replies, I think you need to recycle your attitude. 
Ugh. <laughs> Good one, Sam McGuire. You nailed it. Young lady, which, ugh, I hate when anyone calls any anyone a young lady. She is a young lady. Ugh. But, like, it's such a patronizing ex- like thing to say. He's patronizing her. Ugh. And then... The cherry on top of this disaster evening, Miranda shows up. Yeah, this felt random. And she's wearing a leather jacket. And I have to say, I wrote down, I am almost positive that Lizzie wore this exact jacket in a different episode. I thought the same thing. It's like a blue leather jacket. Yeah. Um, And I'm not only am I pretty sure that Lizzie wore this jacket, I'm pretty sure we talked about it. We did. I'm trying, like, I'm trying to remember... Exactly when, but that this jacket definitely came up. <laughs> yeah, so so I guess that, that leaves a couple options open. One, Lizzie is criticizing Miranda for having the same jacket as her, which is a little hypocritical. Again, everybody is a hypocrite here. Or we've somehow gone f- backwards in time, forwards in time. <laughs> I don't know. To a time where Lizzie and Miranda were switching outfits. And so, yeah, either way, it's pretty crazy. Yeah, Miranda Sanchez, you are an outfit repeater. Yeah, but Lizzie's like, how could you buy a leather jacket? I'm a vegetarian. I don't eat cows. And so Miranda says, well, then don't eat my jacket. (laughs) That's a good line, too. And Lizzie starts to spiral. She's like, clearly you don't care about this, and I need to do this all by myself. Like, fine, like, bye. Yeah, works well with others is not in Lizzie's wheelhouse. (laughs) no and yeah they argue and Miranda's kind of like fine bye and she leaves yeah fight 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 storm out storm out and then we cut to school the next morning Gordo is asleep at his desk yeah did he sleep at the school it would appear so overnight I think so what happened there (laughs) he never left that wouldn't Okay, this 0% chance that this happens ever. I know. (laughs) Aren't his parents concerned? Yeah, like, are they that, you know, detached? Um, Miranda approaches Gordo, who is asleep at his desk, surrounded by all of these paper airplane attempts, and says that we need to talk about Lizzie. Point in the Gordo and Miranda only talk about Lizzie column. Yeah, they need to talk about Lizzie because she's gone loco. Loco. Bring out that Spanish, Miranda. (laughs) Good one. Then Lizzie enters the classroom and is just goes off, right? She snaps. She sees all of these paper airplane attempts and is unhappy. Yeah, she spits out a random statistic that 99% of paper is recyclable, but only 15% of people recycle. I feel like there's no correlation between those two statistics. Do you know 120% of statistics are made up? Including those two. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure Gordo says that that makes no sense. It, yeah. I mean, it makes, like, logically, it could be true, but I don't know how you would verify this. Lizzie doesn't source, so, you know, unclear where she got this information. Yeah. As Lizzie says at the Digital Bean, she reads. Reads what? <laughs> she reads. What are you reading? Stuff. Okay. Okay. Also, Lizzie here is wearing like a burlap dress. Yes. Which, where did she get this? Yes. We will get to that because Miranda calls it out explicitly. 
Lizzie says that beating Tudgeman is not more important than saving trees, Gordo, but is more important to Gordo. It is all that Gordo has dreamed about since fourth grade. So like two years? Yeah. <laughs> Three tops. And Miranda's just like done. She's like, I'm eating lunch alone today, which that's when you know things are really falling apart. Yeah, because Miranda has no other friends. Then we get a Matt Hall monitor montage at his school, and we see some pretty crazy things happening. There is a girl with her scooter. She just gets to, like, scooter in the hallways. Is this, like, before or after Healy's? I think this is slightly before. All right, because I was like, if it was, (laughs) this could have lined up perfectly with the Healy revolution, but no, instead it's just, like, a, a scooter. I feel like Healy's would have been the more, like, accurate thing that would have happened in an elementary school back then. Healy's were patented in 1999. Oh, so they could have had some Healy's. Yeah, because at least at at, uh, my elementary school, they had to have a rule that was like, if you have Healy's, you can't wear the wheels in the school. It became a big deal. It looks like they were patented in 99 and then introduced to market, like, holiday 2000. Yeah, why aren't we seeing why aren't Where we seeing Healy's? more Healy's, Lizzie McGuire? Lizzie McGuire is on the pulse of pop culture well, in just every Britney other Spears. way. No, just no. no, they have Aaron Carter on their show. Uh, <laughs> oh my god. They have survivor references. This isn't the <laughs> these are very specific pop culture things. I wouldn't say Lizzie's on top of pop cu- uh, on top of pop culture. I don't know. There, c- there could be Healy's. That's all I'm saying. There, no, there definitely could be and should be Healy's. I agree. But yeah, we have Scooter Girl. Um, we have people being noisy while a test is happening. Why is a test happening? But also, like groups of people are running through the hall. Yeah, and why isn't Matt in class? He's the hall monitor. <laughs> And then he gives a teacher a citation. Well, the teacher is running, and uh, there's no running, only walking. Yeah. But then the teacher picks up Matt, kind of like throws him over his shoulder, and carries him somewhere while Matt is yelling, respect my authority. Well, no. First, Matt gives the teacher the citation, and the teacher says, surely you must be joking. To which Matt says, I'm not joking, and don't call me Shirley. Oh, that's a good line. One, Thank of you oldest, for... one of the oldest jokes in the book. But, you know, if anybody's going to pull it out, it's going to be Matt McGuire. He pulls it off. <laughs> and then we are back to Gordo versus Larry. Now we have Western music involved. We have a tumbleweed. We have a, a slow, tantalizing breeze. Yeah, we've got a Wild West we standoff. We have a standoff. No weapons. Larry just has a calculator. And Gordo has, I don't even know, a helmet. Yeah, for the slow bicycle race. And then, you know, it does the thing where Miranda kind of snaps him out of his Western fantasy. Well, Gordo is trying to intimidate Larry, but he yawns, right? So not very intimidating. Not at all. And we learn that parts of the Science Olympics have already unfolded and that they are in a deadlock. Larry won the egg drop. And Gordo won the paper airplane toss. So now it all comes down to the slow bicycle race. Why don't we see these things? I don't know. We should, right? Like, why? We we did not need to see them outstudying each other. We should have seen the competition unfold. <laughs> instead of watching them stare at each other in a, in a hallway for 30 seconds, why don't we just <laughs> see that? 
True. Because there's a good old Western standoff happening, <laughs> and you must appreciate it. Why? That makes no sense. Like, just show us the competition. Yeah. This is one of my pet peeves. It's just like, it's just like... Random things. <laughs> plot points through like, oh, and this also happens. Cardinal rule of, of television and film, show, don't tell. And just writing in general. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the show I, does that a lot, right? Where it will tell us things that we should have seen. Yeah, it doesn't make sense why they do that. But anyways, then we move on and we're back in class. I guess, what is this, like a civics class? I don't really understand what the purpose of this class even is. But uh, everybody sort of files in and Miranda is really concerned about Lizzie wearing a burlap dress. Yeah, she is wearing this really ugly burlap dress. Burlap is a renewable resource, though. And Lizzie donated all of her other clothes. Yeah, so Lizzie is worried about like 10 million things, apparently. And Miranda, after having lunch alone once, is already lonely. She's like, Lizzie, I miss having you as a friend. So (laughs) she doesn't have very much conviction, I guess. Um, Yeah, she's and she's approaches it with that she's worried about Lizzie, right? She comes from a place of concern. And Lizzie's like, don't be worried about me. Be worried about the planet and the rainforest and the ozone layer and homeless people. And Lizzie is very clearly spiraling. And then, surprise, there's a pop quiz. Lizzie pops off. Yeah, Gordo's asleep. Gordo is fully asleep. Because he loves the smell of a pop quiz in the morning, but, you know, he doesn't even flinch. Not phased. And Lizzie stands up. And she snaps at her teacher. And we learn that this teacher has a name and it's Miss Moran. And she's like, you know how many trees you killed with this pop quiz? Well, yeah, she also did single-sided printing and not double-sided, so. Disrespect. Disrespect. Miss Moran is just like, Lizzie, sit down. Like, what is happening? Because this is also very out of character for Lizzie, right? Like, Lizzie is not... Lizzie is like the least confrontational person. Yeah, Lizzie pops off, and then the teacher tells Lizzie that she needs to go home and get some sleep. Does she realize that there's a student literally sleeping in her class right (laughs) now who literally (laughs) needs to go home and get some sleep? She does not. And it's so interesting, right? It's like I feel like Lizzie kind of gets let off the hook. She gets away with this. And, like, honestly, like, it's because she's, like, a, you know, a small white girl. Yeah. Like, go home and get some sleep is such a random punishment. And it's, like, what's she going to do? Walk home? Yeah. I'm confused because it seems, aren't they, don't they live, like, far enough away to take a school bus or for Joe McGuire to drive her to school? What's she going to do? Walk home? Which apparently she does, though. Apparently because, yeah, because you would think that, like, They'd have to call her parents to come pick her up, but she just gets home. Yeah, no, next scene, immediately, next scene, she's walking in the door, and there is Matt, who has also been sent home, Joe, and Sam, who has no job. Yeah. (laughs) Everybody's home at, like, 1 o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah, and Joe's like, is it 3 o'clock already? Nope. (laughs) I know, if it's that close to the end of the day, like, why are you sending someone home, like, an hour with an hour to go? I know. Lizzie says that she got sent home early. She's very upset. She feels like she's, you know, in the wrong, like she's been wronged. Matt has a good line here too. I really liked this. Uh, Matt goes, 
They told me I was power hungry. I don't even know what that means, but I have to get back to school. <laughs> I love Matt in this episode. And then he like plants his face in a sandwich. Yep. Um, Sam is the one who actually says that it turns out Lizzie and Matt have a lot in common, you know, and that Lizzie might be taking on too much. She can't change the world by herself. Lizzie, you've got a big heart and we're very proud of you. But you're taking on too much. You can't save the world by yourself. Well, no one else is helping. Well, okay. We're going to help. Recycling garbage, that's a very good idea. Yeah, and we're going to be a lot better about that, but you've got to relax. How can I relax? Lizzie, honey, you're running yourself into the ground. You can't get anything done if you can't take care of yourself first. I never thought of it that way. Well, if you really want to make a difference, what you have to do is pick one thing, just one thing, and go for it. And get some help, too. I mean, what happened to Gordo and Miranda? Well, I was kind of a jerk. No, you know what? I was a big jerk. Can I go back to school and watch Gordo win the slow bicycle race? I'll tell you what. You go take a nap, and then I'll wake you up, and I'll drive you back up to school later. You get upstairs right now and get some sleep. Um, I can't. Why Why not? not? Well, I kind of donated my mattress to the homeless shelter. I'll go get a blanket for the couch. Call the shelter. There's a lot to unpack there. Lizzie feels very relatable to me in this moment. I don't really agree with the advice that she gets. No? I think it's bad advice. Her parents are like, you need to just pick one thing and stick to it. But Lizzie's tried that her whole life, and it's led her to nothing but misery. She's been trying to figure out what she's good at one thing at a time, and it's been very slow going for her. That's not a good strategy. See, that wasn't my takeaway from this clip. My takeaway was more about the self-care aspect when Sam says that, you know, you can't save the world if you're not taking care of yourself first. And I thought that was good good advice. I think that that's very important to remember. I don't know. Sam is like, you can't change the world by yourself. But I would argue that one person could change the world. Look at Greta Thunberg. Okay, but she can't change the world if she's not taking care of herself, and she's very clearly not. I mean, she can't, but she is just one person. She is. So... To me, like, (laughs) I felt like Lizzie really resembled myself on deadline in this moment, which is why I really feel for her here. You get into these spirals, you are trying to do everything for everyone, and then you're not sleeping, and then it gets worse. And so I think that there was some, I understand what you're saying, but there is like, I think the core of the advice is more like take care of yourself. And that's important to hear as someone who often spirals like Lizzie does in this episode. Okay. I agree that that's, that that part is good advice. I just think there's, there's so much advice wrapped up in here that I don't necessarily agree with all of it. Okay. That's fair. I do, I do agree that like the pick one thing and stick to it thing is a little, a little faulty. Also, I want to talk about the fact that the Maguires lost two mattresses in the span of two episodes. Also, how did Lizzie single-handedly remove her mattress <laughs> with no one noticing and then transport it to a homeless shelter? Lizzie, it's not, she can't drive. How no. did she get her mattress down to a homeless shelter and no one noticed? I don't, I can't, it is way too late to even begin to process. 
<laughs> how that, that could have happened. Zero sense to me. No, it does not. Joe and Sam are very unobservant parents. Yeah, they drop the ball a lot. So anyways, Lizzie gets sent home from school to go take a nap. She doesn't. She just goes right back to school. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't really understand. It's like that was clearly just a plot device just to get her home for a lecture and then come back. Right. And she suddenly has normal clothes again. She completely changed her look. Yeah, Lizzie kind of just flip-flops, you know, whichever way the wind blows. Like, what do you stand for? The planet. Do you? You eating meat again, too? (laughs) Who's to say? But she's here. She's here to support her friend. She's here for Gordo and the slow bicycle race. I don't even know. I don't even know how to describe what is about to unfold. Yeah, so it turns out that the slow bicycle race occurs... In the hallways of the school. Well, like in the courtyard. Still. in Okay, in the courtyard of the school. Wouldn't you go out to like a parking lot, a track? No, Sam. Surely that makes way too much sense. <laughs> a space where, you know, you actually have room to maneuver your bicycle. Like in a, you just need to go in a straight line. No. This made so little sense. It also doesn't really make sense to me that like Lizzie comes back to school and connects with Miranda and, you know, as of this moment, they're just acting like everything's fine and that none of the events in this episode transpired. Like, they, like she doesn't have the apology talk until after the slow bicycle race. This moment is all about Gordo. That's true, but it still feels like their dynamic is too normal. I get that. Here they are cheering on Gordo for the slow bicycle race. And here comes Gordo in a crazy outfit. Yeah, he's in an Elvis suit. Should we talk about it now? Yeah, let's talk about it now. All right, yes. The helmet is the wildest part of the outfit for me. It has hair. Because the helmet is like a full head of hair. Yeah, thank you. Thank you very much. Gordo says that he engineered this outfit himself, and it was designed to increase wind resistance and slow him down. I really like the whole concept of the slow bicycle race is kind of lost on me, right? Because it's kind of like... Whoever gets that head start, aren't they just going to be in the lead? Here's my thing. If you're very good at a slow bicycle race, you don't even need to move at all. You just balance on your bike the whole time. No, I think that's against the rules. I think there are no rules. What are you talking about? No, they. I mean, they have to be in motion. Says who? Says the rules. They, what there, rules? There were rules stated at the beginning of the segment. Well, then another thing you could do is instead of moving, you could just kind of like hop your bike along. I suppose. Anyways, the race starts. Everyone is chanting Gordo. I didn't realize he had such a following. Yeah, people are like booing Larry for some reason. So <laughs> poor Larry. You know, after such a high approval rating, getting him elected as president, his <laughs> his disapproval rating has gone way up. I know. Nothing makes sense. Um, there's an announcer for this slow bike race, but we never see that announcer. I know. <laughs> who's who's commentating? I don't know. The slow bike race. I don't know, but it starts, they are crawling along, Larry's in the front, so Gordo is winning, and, but he is still very, very tired, right? Like, he didn't get any sleep last night crafting this Elvis suit, so he's yawning. Yeah, he his, never even went home. His eyes are starting to close. It's, it's a rough go, and as they are approaching the finish line, Larry's inching closer and closer and closer to losing. Yeah, it seems like Gordo might pull this off. But then, with six inches to spare, mind you, this is a very, like, 
could not be closer. Gordo just like keels over and passes out. I think even if Larry had crossed the finish line, he still would have won if Gordo fell off his bike. Yeah, that was against the rules. Yeah, you have to cross the finish line. So I guess that's the thing. Like, you could stay on your bike and not move, but someone's got to cross the finish line at some point. Right. Or, fall, or you know, someone would fall off their bike. Yeah. But, yeah, so Gordo loses again, I guess. Disqualified. <laughs> he'll have to wait another year yeah. for the Science Olympics to come back. And then he starts, like, sleep-talking Elvis lines, where he's like, what is it? Doesn't he do, like, a thank you, thank you very much? Then he, just, like, conks up. He does. Yeah, and then that's basically it on the episode. Then we get a short scene after the slow bicycle race where Lizzie apologizes to Miranda. And it sounds like she's going to take her parents' advice and pick one thing, and that thing is stray dogs. So she really is all over the place. I like stray dogs. That's a good cause. I mean, not I don't like stray dogs, but like as a cause, I think that's a good cause. Yeah. (laughs) Interesting. So I feel like Lizzie apologizing for something is like a recurring theme here. I think that she should have taken a page out of Gordo's book and just been like, I never said that. Gaslighting? Yeah. (laughs) No. I appreciated that she could own up to the fact that she became a little bit, I guess one could say, obsessed with all of these causes. But at the same time, I never really felt like Lizzie was in the wrong in this episode. Me either. And, like, what's the takeaway from this episode? Yeah, don't help the world too much. Yeah. Because you'll burn out if you do. Yeah, if you recycle, <laughs> you better watch out because you'll go crazy. <laughs> I, hear, I hear you, but to me, the takeaway really does go back to you can't save the world if you can't take care of yourself. So self-care first, then you can set your sights on bigger goals i guess but it just seems like we never return to like okay so now lizzie's taking care of herself and she just forgets about taking care of the world right yeah well they only had 22 minutes to work with but my point in this moment was more like i didn't see like it was it was cool for lizzie to own up to okay maybe like i burned myself out but like i think that she didn't really owe anyone an apology and I think, if anything, Miranda kind of owed her an apology, honestly. No, I, I agree with that. Definitely. Yeah, Miranda was just, she was too much in this episode. Yeah. And that ends episode 116, Obsession. Yes. So we already talked about a couple outfits. Is there anything else you want to cover on right. the outfit front? So we talked about Miranda's leather jacket. Yes. We talked about Lizzie's burlap dress. Yes. We talked about Gordo's Elvis outfit. Did we talk at all about what Matt's hall monitor outfit actually looks like? We did not, and that was going to be my first suggestion as well. Oh, look at us. Same page. All right, so, yeah, here's Matt as a... It's really just a sash. Yeah, yeah it's... <laughs> it looks like a piece of, um, like, fluorescent tape. Yeah, like <laughs> caution tape. Um, With just, like, a badge pinned onto it. yeah. Like one of those like kitty cop badges. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. And he just, you know, wears it over whatever shirt he's wearing. Yeah. Um, it does not look very official. No. Um, Lizzie's really into bandanas in this episode. I just want to point out. She is. Yeah. Um, we see it at the digital bean here. We see it with the burlap dress. 
We do. It's a consistent theme. We see it, I think, even again at the end at the slow bicycle race. Uh, oh, no, we just got a headband there. Yeah, no, she's abandoned the... Ba- the bandana is a sign that she's recycling. <laughs> yeah, is that a metaphor for something? Yeah, when she abandons the bandana, it means that she no longer cares about the earth. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think those are the big outfits uh, of the episode. I would agree. Yeah. So I guess it's time for the moment of moments. The, the moment M- of moments? <laughs> The MVP. Do you have someone in mind? I do. Okay. But you know who it's going to be. I, yeah. I, I, I. Well, who else is there to give it to in this episode? All right. So here's what, here's my conundrum. <laughs> and you're going to laugh at me because, so obviously option one is Lizzie, right? Because she is very big on saving the earth. I definitely agree with a lot of her, her points that she makes in this episode and a lot of the initiatives that she takes on. I think that the the only thing holding me back from like being very much like I, I will give this MVP to Lizzie McGuire is that at the end, it seems like she just drops all of her causes. It seems very strange. And then she comes up with a new cause that's just completely out of left field, and it's stray dogs, which is a cause I agree with, but it has no mention earlier in the episode. It just feels very random. Now Lizzie McGuire just wants a puppy. I know, exactly. <laughs> so the other option that I would float, and this is where you'll laugh at me probably, is Matt McGuire, who <laughs> is quite the hall monitor extraordinaire. Maybe gets a little power hungry, but he does his job. He does his job diligently. He has some of the best lines of the episode, I think, by far. And, you know, his story really kind of parallels Lizzie, but he stays committed to who he is the whole way through. Wow, that was profound. Yeah. And you don't you don't see Matt getting a lecture about, you know, taking on too much. Although I guess he's only taking on one thing. See, he took one thing, he committed to it. Yeah, I guess Matt knows more at 10 than Lizzie knows at 12. Because he knew already he could only take on one thing. He didn't need to go through a whole 22-minute episode and then get sent out of school an hour early and then sent back to school just to, to, to recap that. So Yeah, but he, he, he did get sent home from school for going power hungry. <laughs> that's true. So, yeah, that's where, my, um, that's where I, I'm struggling to figure out which of the two I want to give my MVP to this episode. Yeah, I mean, I would agree with you on that. I think that, like, as we talked about at the beginning, I think that Lizzie and Matt's stories really parallel each other's in this episode, and I think that they are both deserving. So I think we just, you know, splits it, right? You want to splits it? One for Lizzie, one for Matt. Joint MVP. This is this is a first for us. Yeah. Uh, okay, I'm okay with that. But in the books, is it going in? Who do you want? <sighs> I'll be Lizzie again. And You'll be Lizzie and I'll be Matt for a third week in a row. Yeah, let's just keep the keep the trend going. I'm cool with this. Because I would agree with that. I think that, you know, Lizzie was really behind some noble causes. I think that she learned an important lesson about burnout and self-care, which is something that we all need to remember to take care of ourselves and be gentle with ourselves and... The world is a big and scary place, and it can feel very overwhelming. You think, does anything I do really matter when there's all these other bigger things? And I really felt for her concerns and her spirals. And you got to remember that it is, it is important to pick 
You know, Sam's a little dramatic, but I remember I really connected with um, the last show Hassan Minhaj did, and he talked about how the world is a big and scary place right now. And you do kind of need to centralize your focus and pick a few things to like really care about. But that really resonated with me because, yeah, it's like, what can you even do? What can you even do? Like the world is truly on fire. And like, I think that, you know, Lizzie was really freaking out in 2001. Like I, is 2020 Lizzie okay? Because like things have gotten exponentially worse. Uh, well, she has a puppy now, um, like a therapy dog. And uh, she only worries about one thing. So she's, she's um, probably fine. She's quarantining in New York City like us, as that's where the reboot was supposed to be set. True, 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 true. What what borough do you think she lives in? Brooklyn. She lives in Brooklyn? Yeah. What neighborhood in Brooklyn? Ooh, good question. I would say that she is probably... Are you going to say Park Slope? No, I don't think she's... I think she probably has like a man in Park Slope, but I don't think she's like bougie enough for Park Slope. Oh. I think she sleeps in Park Slope, but I think she goes home to like Bushwick. Bushwick! <laughs> God, that would be a completely to- that would be a complete tone shift for the show. Hey, I'm Lizzie from Bushwick, <laughs> or maybe not Bushwick. I graffiti maybe, in my maybe spare like time. Crown Heights. <laughs> now she may- maybe she lives in Williamsburg. That's where they all live on younger. <laughs> they all live off the L. Ugh, gross. Yeah, my <laughs> thing is she's definitely gonna live in Brooklyn, and then she's definitely gonna be in this apartment that's so unrealistic, right? Like, no, that no Brooklyn apartment actually looks like like the Friends apartment. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I hope she's doing okay because the world has not has not gotten better. So yeah, point for Lizzie for caring, just doing her best, but needing to learn the valuable lesson of self care. Cool. I think that's a wrap on episode 116, Obsession. Sounds good to me. Yeah. As always, you can follow us at Outfit Repeat Pod on Twitter. You can either, you know, tweet questions at us, email us at outfitrepeaterspodcast at gmail.com. Any questions, comments? A lot of outfits we talked about today. Those will be at www.paginatedmedia.com slash outfitrepeaters. And be sure to tune in next week when we recap episode 117, Sibling Bonds. Wow, could Matt make it a four-peat? I think he might. (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah, we're going to get another um, Lizzie and Matt together episode. Okay, okay. And those tend to be great. All right, all right. Stay tuned. Stay tuned for sure.